Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring a salute to some of the great radio adventure programs, including Flash Gordon, Shandu the Magician, Dan Dunn, Secret Operative 48, and Jungle Jim. On our Salute to the Adventure shows, we're presenting programs which began as comic strip characters. As a matter of fact, I think some of them continue to be seen in newspapers to this day. One of the earliest programs was Flash Gordon, and it began in 1937. Presenting the amazing interplanetary adventures of Flash Gordon. These thrilling adventures come to you as they are pictured each Sunday in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest pictorial supplement of humor and adventure. For the benefit of those who may not have heard the earlier episode, here is the story to date. Flash Gordon, internationally famous American athlete, his beautiful American sweetheart, Dale Arden, and Dr. Zarkoff, a great scientist, left the Earth on a rocket ship. They crashed on the planet Mongo and were captured by Ming the Merciless, the cruel emperor of Mongo, who commanded Dale Arden to marry him and order that Flash be killed. But Flash escaped through the help of Emperor Ming's beautiful daughter, Aura, who fell deeply in love with him and proposed marriage. This Flash refused, saying he loved Dale Arden. Flash then met Thune, the powerful, huge, bearded prince of the Lion Men, and Prince Baron, a former member of Emperor Ming's court. Joined by Dr. Zarkov, these four friends plotted to overthrow the government of Emperor Ming and rescue Dale Arden. They were almost successful, but at the last moment, with victory practically within their grasp, were recaptured by Emperor Ming's soldiers. And the four friends, together with Dale Arden, were condemned to a fate far worse than death. Securely bound, they were placed on a gyro ship and sent as slaves to the prison city of Hawkmen. Now we continue the story. The prison ship carrying our friends roars through the stratosphere on the way to the prison city of the Hawkmen. In the cell room, Flash and Prince Thune work feverishly on each other's bonds. Can you get the knot untied, Prince Thune? It is almost loosened, Flash. Just another twist. There. Thou art free. Thank you. Now I'll set you free. If we work fast... We may be able to release Darkoff and Baron and get control of the ship. Good. As soon as thou canst loose my bonds, I will help thee capture the guard and take his keys when he makes his rounds. There. There, the rope's undone. Uh, hark. I hear the guard approaching. Put your hands behind your back like this and lie still until he bends over to give us food. Then we'll overpower him. All right, now. Here he comes. Here is your food, prisoners. Now, friend Thune. What? There. <laughs> I have him fast. Take his keys. Stop squirming, fellow. I'll give you something to squirm about. Now, I've got his keys, Thune. Now to save Dale, Baron, and Zaka. Look out. What was that? We must have struck something. Are you all right, Thune? Yes. And thou, friend? I'm okay. Flash. 
Right, Gordon. Here. Prince Thune and I are in here. And you are free. Yes. And how didst thou gain thy liberty, friend? The crash broke the lock on our cell door. Come quickly. We must go to the control cabin and see about the girl. Yes, hurry. This way. Dale, where are you? Dale. I'm here. Yeah. Are you all right, Dale? Yes, you girl. Let go of me. I've got to call Ming on the space phone. Send this to Ming with my regards. He won't be able to transmit your message for quite some time, lad. Let's get out of here. Let the others go soon. I need your great strength to help me remove the valuable scientific apparatus from the ship. Come, Flash. Come, Dale. We have no time to lose. We're with you, Ben. Soon. Wrench those spaceographs from their sockets. I will take this space compass. What else wouldst thou like to have removed, friend? Uh, that is enough for this trip. Come on, outside. Where are our friends Baron and Flash and Dale? They must have gone into the forest over yonder. What is that rushing sound? By the great god Tao. Look up there. Hawkmen. Uh, run, friend. Run for your life. Yes. Pennants flying, lances held in readiness, a squadron of savage hawkmen hurtle from the skies. They seize Thun and Zarkov and sweep them into the air. While in the forest, numb with horror, Flash, Dale, and Baron watch their friends carried away toward a city suspended in space. The prison city of hawkmen. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen. Well, we'll never find out because that was 1937. You know, a comic strip character who gained fame on the radio was Chandu the Magician. This program from 1948 features Tom Conway, brother of motion picture star George Sanders, in the title role of Chandu the Magician. Chandu the Magician. Present for your enjoyment, Chandu, the magician. Good evening, Roxor. You know me by that name. Who are you? My name is Chandler. Chandler. Oh, I see you at last. I have heard you are in Egypt. Oh, yes. I've had plenty of evidence that you knew I was here. And Naji has told you of my place. Now that we've met, why not tell me yourself? First, I tell you this. Men who oppose me do not live. Soon there will be none who will dare. No. You are mocking me? Well, it's, it's a little hard to believe. Tell me... How do you propose to bring this about? Already I have much power. Already all over the world there are those who await my word. And when they get it, what then? I will rule the earth. I see. In the meantime, tell me one thing. Small thing, but it interests me. How did you get into this pyramid? How did you know of these rooms? <laughs> all knowledge comes to me. It was Mustafa who told you, wasn't it? You must have paid him very well. What was that sound? I don't hear anything. Look here, Roxanne. 
If you're so open about your great plan, why did you make it so hard for me to find you? There were many things to be done. I admit you made them necessary. Did I indeed? You have stood in my way more than once, Chandler. I have heard of you from men of many countries. <laughs> now I have seen you, I wonder if the things they told me are true. Maybe I can help you. What sort of things? You are clever to convince so many people you are a wizard, a magician. Thank you. I know it can be nothing but trickery. Yet, it convinced intelligent men. You would do well to come in with me. You really think so? I have heard you care nothing for power. If that is so, you are wrong. Perhaps. Just what is this scheme of yours, Russell? I will tell you. What is it that makes the difference between a king and a slave? Power. Why is it good to be rich? Power. There is nothing else to live for but power. Well, how do you expect to get it? For many years I've been working. You know I'm a scientist. No, are you? I have invented many useful things. This one gas I compress in small tubes. One tube is open, <laughs> one city is destroyed. And thousands of people killed. What is that to me? Human life is scum on the surface of a dirty pool. And when you've destroyed it all, what good will your power be? Perhaps I have learned how to create life. A race of people who exist only to serve me. Me, the master. Now, what would you say to that? I don't know that I'd care to be one of them. You would not be. You would be a master also. I see. Just what would you want me to do? First, I want your secrets. Whatever it is you learned in India to make men believe you are a, a magician. Is that all? I want the secret of Robert Regent. You sent a man to America to steal it. And a very good job he made of it, too. What? It was not you who drug my courier in Cairo and took the drawings from him? Why don't you just have Regent make you another set of drawings? It must have been Nachi. She tricked me with her talk of black magic. But you don't believe in magic? You don't seriously think she's a sorceress, do you? No, no. That is something about her. Oh, she was just trying to impress you. But uh, we were talking about Regent. I have already told you. The record of Regent's experiment is the one thing I must have to hold the world in my hands. Like an apple. Well, surely he can duplicate it for you. Where is he? What was that? Wait, box Who is there? I knew I heard a sound before. Ah! I came to warn you. You're lying. I will be rid of both of you. You see this small tube? It's the new gas. Get away from him, Najim. No, Chandu. Do not try to take it from him. He's insane. I told you. You told him? That was a long time ago, Roxor. Najim, get out of this place. No, she will not. And you will not. I have told you too much. You idiot. You didn't tell me anything I didn't know. I will go now by the small door. As I go out, I will throw the tube on the floor. Before either of you reach the door, you will die. <laughs> Good night, Shandu. Have you been approached to buy land in the States? 
If you are thinking about buying land, remember, before signing, you're entitled to study a property report. Among other things, it will list all encumbrances and release provisions, if any. And it will also tell you what taxes and special assessments the buyer must pay. Better see your legal officer before buying land. Dan Dunn, Secret Operative 48, has been in the comic strip pages ever since I can remember. As a matter of fact, I think I have a Dan Dunn Big Little book someplace in my collection. At any rate, the radio program was successful during the late 30s. And here's a sample. Dan Dunn, Secret Operative number 48. Thrilling exploits of Dan Dunn, secret operative number 48, are known to some 75 million readers. Now at last, this famous newspaper cartoon character created by Norman Marsh is brought to the airlines in a sensational series of new adventures that will enthrall young and old. As we begin our radio serial, we find Dan Dunn assigned to the perilous work of ferreting out foreign spies. This very moment, he is at the wheel of his high-powered automobile, speeding on a new assignment. With him are lovely Kay Fields, who is also a Secret Service operative, and Irwin Hicks, Dan's old friend and inseparable companion. Oh, say, Dan, old fella, slow down a bit. Yes, Dan, Irwin's right. Why the breakneck speed? And, and this place we're going to, is it outside the city? Yes, Kay. We're going out to the flying field of the Parkhurst Aviation Corporation. Oh. And we've got to get there before it's too late. Too late for what? Tell us, Dan, what was the urgent message you received from the chief? A giant new bombing plane is supposed to be taken up for a test flight this afternoon. Yeah. And it's our job to get there in time to prevent it. Talk sense, Dan. If the Parkhurst Aviation Corporation wants to test a new airship, why should it be our business to try to stop them? Because the chief got a tip that there's been sabotage. Sabotage? You mean if the plane goes up on its test flight, it'll be wrecked? Yes, and its pilots killed. Well, that's different. Come on, step on it, old fellow. What are we poking along for? Uh, that's the way I like to hear you talk. But, Dan, just in case we can't make it in time, hadn't you better stop and telephone? I already tried. The telephone lines have been cut. Look, the plane is starting to take off. We're too late. No, no, we've got to stop them. Hey, stop that plane! Stop that plane, I say! Stop! Stop, you fellas, you can't take off now! Stop! Let go, Dan! You're right in the middle of the runway! Stop the plane, plane is heading you straight towards you! Dan, it only missed Jump you by inches. Jelly beans. I sure thought you was a goner that time. No, I failed. We got here too late. If only you I could have gotten idiot. to you. You realize how close you came to losing your life? Are you out of your head? I realized full well what I was doing. Oh, you did, did you? And did you also realize that this flying field is private property and that you and your companions have no business here? And do you know that I could have the three of you arrested? Not only for trespassing, but for trying to interfere with this test flight. You'll understand our purpose any moment now. Just keep your eye on that plane up there. Yeah, I am keeping my eye on that plane. A magnificent achievement. A magnificent. Oh, I see how easily it climbs. Why, why, it's almost out of sight already. Maybe it's all a mistake on our part, Dan. Yeah, maybe the chief got a bum steer. I hope it does turn out that way, but I'm afraid not. Those severed telephone wires. What is? How did you find out about our telephone lines being cut? Then you know. No, 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 no. What? What is all this mysterious prattle about? All I know is that I tried to put through a call and the line was dead. Hey, look. The plane has circled back. It's directly over the field. Uh, uh, look, 
He seems to be having trouble. Yes, and if he crashes now, the life of everyone on this field will be endangered. We've got to clear the field, quick. Hey, who do you think you are, presuming to give orders? My name is Dunn, Dan what? Dunn. Dan Dunn? Well, it's different. I'm H.G. Parker. Yes. The plane! It's in flames! Clear the field, everyone! Clear the field! Run for your life! It's coming down right on top of us! I can't even look. Anyway, no spectators were hurt. The pilots, poor chaps. Yes. Mr. Parkhurst, there's nothing we can do for those two aviators anymore except avenge their deaths. But uh, Come you... with me. Kay? Yeah? You and Irwin, stick around. Keep your eyes and ears open. Okay. Maybe you can find out something. Another comic strip character that was popular on the radio over 30 years ago was Jungle Jim. His adventures kept millions of kids glued to their radio sets. From a broadcast in April 1942, here's Jungle Jim. The Adventures of Jungle Jim. The Adventures of Jungle Jim, broadcast weekly over this station, is based on the characters from the comic strip of that name in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement that comes to you each week in full color with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. Join the 11 million adults and 6 million youngsters who enjoy the world's best artists featured in every issue of the Comic Weekly. Remember, the Comic Weekly is to be found in your Hearst Sunday newspaper. And now, The Adventures of Jungle Jim. Jim, on a secret mission back to the United States in company with the mysterious Mr. Smith, found that the chartered plane on which he was traveling had been taken over by the spy von Recep, who was flying them out over the ocean. Jim and Mr. Smith, by the clever trick of emptying the contents of the fire extinguishers into the ventilators of the control cabin of the plane, quickly overpower von Recep at the controls, and Jim takes over only to find that the plane is out of gas, nothing but the broad Atlantic beneath them. we can make it, Jim? If we're lucky. Very lucky. How far would you say that little island up ahead is, Jim? Oh, six or seven miles, Mr. Smith. With our altitude only 6,500 feet, we'll have to do an awful lot of coasting. Oh, there it goes. We're completely out of gas now. Well, didn't seem to do us much good to knock out this spy we've got here on the floor of the cabin. Looks like we're done for. Oh, feel that? Oh, uh, yes. I felt like we were going up, but that's impossible. No, no, we ran into some updraft. The Alameda shows 6,600. We picked up 100 feet. Well, then you think we might make that little island after all? If we get a little more of that updraft, it'll be a cinch. There it goes again. We're, we're rising again. Look. Picked up almost another 100 feet that time. Say, you know, for the first time in over six hours, I'm beginning to feel good again. Uh, Jim, I just thought... What? Take another look at that island. Yeah? Notice anything strange about it? No. What do you mean? Wait a minute. Yes, those shadows. They're not real. That's right. Why, with the sun in this position, those shadows should stretch the other way. Yeah. That island is all camouflage. Mm. Now I can see it quite plainly. Oh, no doubt about it. This must be the place he was heading for. Hmm, seems pretty ironic that we should bring ourselves in. Well, our prisoner is just coming, too. That 
carbon dioxide in the fire extinguishers must have been pretty effective. Also, the bump he got in his head when he passed out. Well, we're right over the island now, Jim. And plenty of altitude to spare. Our prisoner is trying to open his eyes. Funny calling him our prisoner. Because of that island down below us is what we think it is. We're still his prisoners. Well, let's not worry about that now. I'm going to bring this buggy down with a dead stick. I'll have to really concentrate. Down we go. Look, we were right. That is a camouflage. A camouflaged airfield. Yes, and a little reception committee. Yeah. Oh, I wish I had a couple of machine guns on this ship. Uh, well, looks like we're in for it now. And not a thing we can do about it. Hang on. We're going to touch ground in a minute. Wheels are down. Here it is. Lieutenant Von Resip. Lieutenant Von Resip, or whatever his name is, is right here on the floor, mister. So, you are the American. Please put your hands in the air and come with me. Just keep walking, Smith. Don't look to the right or the left. We're almost there. Looks like they're getting ready for some kind of a night flight over there on the other end of the field. Right. I hope our warning won't come too late. Must be feel pretty safe. Must be pretty careless. It's all been too easy so far. We're just lucky. Hope at last. Well, here we are at the wireless station. You go in first. With the uniform, they'll be taken off guard. I'll come in right behind you, and then we'll give them the old one, too. Mm. And no shooting, Smith. Huh? Had to give us away before we had a chance to contact some American ship or plane. Yeah, you're right. All right, in we go. Right. What do you want, here? No, shouldn't be in here, but we are. Oh. Good work, Jim. Now how to send that message. Any American or British ship or plane, danger. Stand by for message. Base at Port San Rigo. Very strong. Danger. Act immediately. Uh, so, what have we here? Von Ehrman, finish the message, Jim. Finish it. No, my friends. I destroy the set. Now, you both will be so good as to come with me. I assure you that this time you will not be treated so well. Come. up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio and our salute to some of the great radio adventure programs. Plan to take back, give back gifts for your loved ones when you return home? That's fine, but just remember all gifts must be declared at customs. Better check the regulations. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.